when I think about money, I think that when you don't know or you don't have an understanding or confidence in your just financial game plan, when you don't have that, I think that leads to stress, that leads to, leads to anxiety, that leads to you treating people around you negatively. This is The Playbook, where I give you access each week to the world's greatest athletes and executives about their personal and professional playbook and what has made them champions on and off the field. This is The Playbook. I am Brandon Copeland. He is the CEO of Cascade Advisory Group. And most of you know him as a linebacker for the Atlanta Falcons, of course. We'll throw that in there. Welcome to the playbook, Brandon. Thanks, David. Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited. Well, I'm excited because it's rare that I find a current player. You know, I'm the king of legacy, ran a big sports agency. I'm old, so all my friends are old. They're Hall of Famers. They're All, all of your heroes are my friend. But I went through your bio, man. You got a lot going on outside the field. In fact, you were giving back to the community with uh, Mr. Blank this morning. Uh, you seem as if you have a well-balanced agenda, routine that allows you not only to be an extraordinary football player on the field, but be an extraordinary entrepreneur and philanthropist. I'm going to start with time management. Uh, you know, at such a young age, how have you been able to manage your time so effectively where other athletes don't seem to have enough time just to prepare for the game? You're able to do all these different things in order to help provide value to so many people. Yeah, I think first when I when I was with the Detroit Lions uh, 2015 to 2017, we had a coach named Jim Caldwell. He was one of my favorite coaches ever. And he always emphasized compartmentalization, compartmentalization, compartmentalization. And that's when I really started actually practicing and focusing on it. At that time, I wasn't able to flip the switch and be thinking about real estate, you know, a, a kitchen that I was drawing up while sitting on the 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 table, getting my ankles taped prior to practice, that would spill over into practice. Like I wasn't able to shut that door down. So I've practiced and worked on being able to flip the switch and literally just be where my feet are and where my mind is in that moment. And then as I've matured, I've also just done really good at, at, at finally scheduling things, putting things onto the calendar so that once it's on the calendar, it, it has to happen. And so, you know, I think that was one of the toughest things transitioning from college to the pros was trying to find time for myself and for my own dreams, right? Football is my dream, don't get me wrong, but one of the biggest messages I give to kids that come to my football camp, you know, we do this big timeline and we, we, we it's from zero to 79 and a half. And I literally make the kids hold up one end this long brown piece of paper that I buy at an arts and crafts store and I draw it out it looks like a ruler and then I black out 21 to 24 and a half and so you see this big brown piece of paper and you see this little black spot in between and I say hey that's the average NFL career so don't tell me you're only interested in football for all of these years, all of that brown, right? And so you have to find time to focus on you as a human being as well and your other passions. And so I just wanna make sure that I schedule time to make sure I do that. And one of those passions that you have as well is one that I have uh, with a Hall of Famer, Marshall Falk, is financial literacy. Um, and you know, I'm someone who lost over a hundred million dollars. I'm someone who, when I had the first time around my money that people thought knew that, uh, what what it was to, to make money, how to keep it. But I realized through my own lessons that I don't know what I don't know. 
and that we need to ask for help. We're all learning. I mean, the financial institutions are changing so quickly with things like Celsius Network, with crypto, NFTs, and a variety of other uh, areas of financial. No matter if you've been around the game like Warren Buffett since the beginning of the game, you still don't know what you don't know. Um, and so I'm surprised that during school, elementary, junior high, high school, and college, even law school, because I even went to there, they don't teach you anything about being financially literate. Uh, you know, how and why are you so inspired to help kids, especially students, learn about financial literacy? Yeah, I think it it's one way to attack the mental health crisis in the world, right? Um, when I when I think about money, I think that when you don't know or you don't have an understanding or confidence in your just financial game plan, it's not about having a certain amount of money. It's just about feeling confident about your plan for yourself and what you're going to do for your family, where that next meal is coming from, et cetera. When you don't have that, I think that leads to stress, that leads to, leads to anxiety, that leads to you treating people around you negatively, right? Because we want to be where we want to be financially, right? And you, for me, it was important to attack that and to help people with that and to help people really feel confident in that so that they can walk through this world with the, their head high and their shoulders back. Um, you know, like it's not about a number. It's about creating the life that you want for yourself. And we all have to start answering those questions. And as you alluded to earlier, the education system, I mean, society is profits off of our ignorance, right? Like credit card companies want you to keep just paying the minimum, <laughs> you know, yeah. student loans, they want you to rack up as many student loans as possible. Everyone profits off of our ignorance. So it's on us to, to have those conversations. And the final thing I'll say, David, is like not too many people have the confidence that you have to share their failures, you know, like, a lot of people hide that stuff when if you share those things, then maybe you can help the next person. And so what I say is I'm not a professor. I'm not sitting up here. I do. We do have lectures and all those things, but I'm just sharing my experiences and I'm bringing friends and experts into the classroom so that we can have these money conversations. It's not a lecture. It's a conversation. And it's a conversation that needs to be had. I just had one with one of my employees and he was so surprised. I told him, you know, I'd screwed up my credit when I was in college because I let my dad, my father who needed my credit card, you know, mm -hmm. to use it. And he didn't make the $15 a month minimum payment and it ruined my credit card. They almost threw me out of law school. But even more embarrassing, you know, I got this huge job that ended up paying me a million dollars in nine months, right, out of law school. But I had an expense account, but I had no credit card. And so I can't tell you how much, like I always say to myself, man, they think I produced a lot, uh, <laughs> you know, in nine months, I, I outsold everyone three to one, but if I didn't have to worry about like, you know, calling my buddies to get me the, the, the rent a car and then sleeping sometimes because I didn't have a credit card in my car to go to the meeting at four and people are like, man, you work in long days. Yeah. Cause I, I was sleeping in my car. The ironic, the irony was I was making all this money. And I couldn't get credit, so I couldn't do certain things. But my company's like, how come your expenses are so low? Right, because I was- <laughs> I had no choice. I had no choice. <laughs> and everyone's like, you're making me look bad, dude. I, you know, you, you don't stay in hotels. I'm like, I got a lot of family, you know? And it was, it was terrible. Anyway, um, 
you have a platform as well for learning. And you talked yeah. about having a conversation and your platform is a subscription-based SaaS solution called uh, the Emil Learning uh, platform. Yeah. And you have unlimited access to the core things that a lot of people need to succeed in high school to get to the next level, whatever they want to do. Why was that so important to you? Yeah, I remember so years ago, it had to be maybe three years ago, the Today Show came. The first year we started teaching the class Life 101 at the University of Pennsylvania, got a lot of notoriety, a lot of publications, all of the type of stuff. A lot of media came to class, which was awesome for the students. Um, and I told the Today Show, I said, listen, if this class is just at Penn five years from now, I have completely failed period. Like my goal to start it at Penn was to get the world to wake up and say, hey, like this is important. If this Ivy League school with the number one business school in the country is thinking, thinks that this is important, why don't we have it at our school? Why don't we have it in our high schools? Right. And so from what the what we are creating and currently creating and have created, but we're still we're just starting at a meal is we've created the financial literacy suite. We have the Life 101 class there. We're working on a credit class. We're working on a cryptocurrency class. We're working on how to buy a house. All of these different real life things that we have to go through, we're gonna have it as a course on the Mills platform here soon. Um, you can already go take the financial literacy class, but the most important thing, David, is kids actually get credit for it. That it, to me is huge is you can actually a high school kid can come on our class, get a full credit on their transcript for taking the life one on one class the same way my students do at Penn, the same way they do geometry and all these things. So that to me is the game changer. And hopefully that is what will help us change education for the better um, here in the near future. And you are the first NFL player to be a professor in the Ivy Leagues, which is incredible. And it's one of the things that I love. I, all my siblings went to the Ivy Leagues, Penn, Harvard, Columbia. And uh, I always tell them now, I go, yeah, but look who's teaching there now. They're paying <laughs> me to speak at all the schools they rejected me from. Right. Uh, but you made it, you know, at a young age, you made a decision about what school to go to. And I know a lot of kids that have academic ambition, Myron Roll. Uh, was one of my uh, favorite clients that I ever had. He uh, won the Rhodes Scholarship. You're talking about a very academic, cerebral individual, an intelligent human being. Um, but yet I always was curious because he was so academic and serious. You know, I, he ended up at Harvard Med School. He's a brain surgeon now, probably be senator or president someday, I, I hope, because he's that <laughs> yeah. good of a person. Uh, yeah. But moreover, I always wondered, you know, why didn't, you know, he go to, to Penn or Harvard uh, for undergrad and play football there. And his weighted balance was that he wanted to play in the NFL and he felt as if he could still get the academics uh, at Florida State. Um, but yet we know that the Ivy Leagues are the Ivy Leagues and there was no guarantee you'd make the NFL. There are no guarantees you're going to go to graduate school in the Ivies. Why did you choose to play football in the Ivy League when you could have played you know, other places that probably gave you more exposure to make the NFL? Yeah, two reasons. So my, my senior year of high school, uh, the third to last game, I'm out there and one of our other players goes down. So I have to play special teams. I have to play kick return. It was right after the half. Head coach comes up. Hey, coach, can we put you in the wedge on kick return? Like, yeah, coach, I got you. I'm the cap captain of the team. I got to do what I got to do for the team. You know what I'm saying? And literally on that play, my own teammate 
fell on the back of my leg, my ankle popped, and I was limping for the rest of the season. I was still able to play, but I wasn't the same player. Like, I was nervous out there because I just didn't feel like myself. But that moment showed me all of the adults in my life that were saying, hey, you're one play away from this thing being over. Wow, like, you're right, you know? And all those folks who said they can take a lot of stuff away from you, but they can never take away your brain. Like, okay. And I had the opportunity to go to Princeton and Penn and my grandfather as well. The second reason why I decided my grandfather, he played 11 years in the NFL, his last of which he played for the Atlanta Falcons, which is, you know, amazing for me to say as his grandson. Um, but he gave me the confidence that I needed to, to make that decision. He said, Cope, if you're good enough, they will come find you. And personally, I think you're good enough. You know, and being that he had said that and he always said he never lied to me because lying to me would be like lying to himself. And there's, there's no good in that. And and that is what made me feel, OK, hey, I'm going to go this route. I'm going to go get the opportunity, get the network, get the, the education and then let my playing do its talking. And, and again, fortunately, it's worked out for me. I got the same advice from my mom is, you know, I got an academic scholarship to go to Occidental College and Vance Mueller was a running back and ended up playing 11 years for the Raiders. Uh, and he told me, Dave, I promise you, if you're a good enough here, you, you can play in the NFL. Uh, the only difference between you and I is uh, I wasn't good enough. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, learn it from there. Now, you know, one of the other things that I love is I, I tell people and one of the lessons I've learned from the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur, you know, I've made over $100 million, lost it, made it back, uh, is buying the right things for the right reasons make you happy. And I think money is important. It gives you an opportunity to shop. And if you shop for the right things for the right reasons, and you're the kind of guy that would love to have a Lamborghini. And people say, why, why would you like Brandon to have a Lamborghini? I said, because I want kids to ask Brandon, how did you get the Lamborghini? And I'd love for him to say, not football, because I read books and I teach people. Yeah. And because the reason you have what you have is not because you're a great football player. It's because you learn lessons and you teach people those lessons. And you are not just a student. You're an intelligent follower, uh, which makes you a leader. And that's the best kind of leader that we can have. People where kids can identify with you and then be told, you know, you know, not that you don't have a killer podcast, the money music culture podcast, not that you're not cool and hip, uh, but you're a person who garners respect and I think can teach people lessons when they see really great things happening in your life. You can tell them a, a little bit more of the depth of, hey, man, I, yeah, I, I played football in the NFL for nine years, but here's the reasons why I'm financially literate, right? Mm -hmm. it, it's one thing to make money, but as Dave Meltzer, it's another thing to keep it. And it took me a long time and I paid some serious dummy tax on financial literacy and how to keep my money because everybody had their guy. You know, why do you know you have your podcast, the money music culture? What is the reason behind the podcast? Yeah, great question. I think, you know, so one money music culture, we listen to music in certain clips and then we break down the financial references the financial education pieces behind the lyrics so it's cool to me i love music it it's what drives me wakes me up on sundays before the game you know it, it's what i'm blasting all week uh to get me motivated to calm me down 
to put me in different emotional and mental states. And so um, I'm paired up that love with the education part of, you know, just my, my life's passion and life's mission. And I think the music and the money mix are just another way to reach the audience, but also to show people because I'm not the flashiest person in the world, right? But to show people that some of those individuals that you love, you're listening to their music, you aspire to be like, right? They are talking and really delivering you some financial education information and you're just nodding your head and 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 dancing when really you should be understanding what like, whoa, did, did Drake just say something about equity? Did Jay-Z just say something about ownership, right? Like, how can I break this lesson down to help me better my life along with enjoying the song? So uh, that's that's where the marriage became. And we have, I, it's literally like therapy for me when we shoot the show, my, my Ross Mack and I, um, like it's literally fun just sitting there breaking down lyrics and stuff like that. So we, we have a good time. Well, you are doing an extraordinary job. You know, I'm on a mission to empower over a billion people to be happy, to teach them how to make money, help people and have fun. And I have to do more with you, Brandon, because you Good. get it, my friend. You are one of the 1,000 that I need to empower 1,000, to empower 1,000. I know with that Ivy League degree and being a professor, you know, 1,000 times 1,000 is a million, 1,000 times a million is a billion. We can create a collective consciousness of abundant people people that are allowing and appreciating what they have and giving it away uh, so that they can have more themselves to give more away. And I appreciate everything you're doing. Uh, you are truly an inspiration to me. Uh, being a football fan, someone who's been a sports executive my uh, career uh, to see, and I know why Mr. Blank uh, speaks so highly of you uh, playing there because you're exactly what the league needs. You're what our country needs. And I appreciate all that you're doing for us. Thank you so much. This is David Meltzer with the incredible professor, Brandon Copeland, CEO of Cascade Advisory Group, incredible linebacker as well. Don't, don't uh, let that go because it's not easy. He's one of that top percent of the dreamers playing for the Atlanta Falcons.